This is the Critical Conversations podcast, a KPOV special project developed to feature unique perspectives and the courage it takes to go there, challenge mundane thought, and question the norm. Paige is here because many years ago, I think it's going on four already, we met in Los Angeles at a vegan business event at Olak, which is a fantastic restaurant in Los Angeles. And we, you know, went to the event and I see this woman standing outside, you know, people are milling about after the event on the patio. And I see her with this basket and I was like, what's going on here? And she had bamboo and all these recycled and green products. And we started talking and instantaneously just fell madly in love with this woman in terms of her mission, her passion. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave a lot of questions. I'm not going to fill in a lot of blanks here, but basically she was on the green page about sustainability and using bamboo and recycling and bringing your own napkins and your your cutlery. And she's been on the vegan page and she's going to talk about her journey. But she also, since then, I mean, talk about a fierce mama. She was going by vegan Rama Mama back then. And she really took on this whole movement in such a passionate way. She, I, I, I've been vegan 21 years and I just marvel at her level of commitment, her brilliance, her ability to host. She hosts a lot of clubhouse events. She hosts other events. She's very involved in uh, Jane Unchained. She books talent for them and she'll be talking about some of the exciting developments that are happening with that, as well as she's attended vigils, which, you know, she'll talk about that as well. She's just right there with the animals, with the environment, with the health. And she's just a very, very, very passionate activist. And and I, I'll just end with her activism is so warm and welcoming and humorous. One of my favorite Wednesday events is to watch her and Sherry do their uh, plant-based in the burbs show on uh, Facebook live, I, be- I believe. So without further ado, we welcome you, Paige. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And to start, I would love to for you to just start about your journey to veganism, what was happening before in your life, and then what has happened since. Thank you. Thank you so much, both <laughs> of you, Judy and Miss Donna. Wow. I just think back, Donna, to all the amazing conversations we've had over the years and just the growth. So yes, um, prior to me being vegan, I wasn't, and I wasn't aware. I had no idea what was going on. I was definitely of the mindset of a humane, sustainable purchase was all that was needed. Um, You know, small farm, uh, happy cows, the whole, the whole bit and caboodle. So uh, one day my daughter came to me and she said, mama, I've been doing some research about food waste. And I discovered, well, she didn't say all that. She just basically said, I'm going vegan. And I said, oh, okay, great. Great for you. Like, wow. And I have a very good friend that we've been friends for over 20 plus years, 30, 30, <laughs> 30 years. She's been vegan for 15, 20 of them. I just was like, she's the vegan one. She's kind of that annoying vegan that we have to take the chicken <laughs> for, you know? And so when that was my, that was my understanding of vegans. My other understanding of vegans was when I would go to events and they'd be screaming or marching or something. I'm like, okay, yeah, they're a little wacky, 
but you know, they got passion. They got passion for what they, I I had never had to look or wanted to look into any of it. I just wasn't my game. GMOs and staying out of the GMO game was definitely something that I was concerned about eating organic as well as the plastic pollution solution parade, I call it. I got educated about what's happening with all the plastic on the planet and their single use and really wanting to wake people up about still, you know, to, to use sustainable products. As I drink out of my glass straw, <laughs> I will say I do walk my talk. Um, <laughs> I haven't drink out of a uh, plastic water bottle or a plastic, plastic bottle in probably seven years. I won't. I just won't. I won't even buy juice that way. So anyways, um, there's that. And I think that's important. Walk your talk. But uh, yeah, so when she said that, I'm like, okay. So I went grocery shopping and I got things that were vegetarian, not realizing what vegan really meant. So she said, mama, that has cheese in it. Mama, this has casing, gelatin, um, all the detailed things that you don't realize. Bone char. And she brought me to an awakening I was annoyed. I'll be honest as a mom, you know, of a 13 year old going on 14 year old. So she started making all of her food and uh, for the most part, and I started learning and I was like, okay, but I want to cook this way for the family. Like I don't want to make separate meals and such. She made her lunches. And then we would go to this local place that had tastings. You could taste the food like a hot bar and a cold bar and you could taste it all. And uh, it's called Irwan. So I would start tasting the masala that they had made and this and that and the other. And they had vegan on it. It's like, oh, look, that's actually vegan. <laughs> and there's a restaurant near us uh, called Joy Cafe in Westlake, California. And I started going there and I started eating the food. And I was like, this is really good. And they had this, they had this um, video up, video monitor, and they were playing just really great messages about protein and beans and the comparison done really kindly and everything. And, and then I found this tabletop book that I bought for myself, Rich Roll and his family locally too. They live in the Hills here. And I went, this is a lifestyle. Like this whole vegan thing is a lifestyle, huh? And the last kind of, you know, tipping point for me was I had seen bits and pieces about Cowspiracy. I kept hearing about this film and I sat down and watched it. I said, Caitlin, will you watch it with me? And she did. And that's when I said, oh my gosh, it's like (laughs) like a brick, boom, like a, that (laughs) when it said that it takes like six months of showers to get one burger on a plate, that shocked me. And I wanted to know why, why? Because I was turning off the shower on my 15 year old son when he would take too long of a shower. <laughs> so I was that mom. I was out here in California. So wait, what? He can take longer showers if I stop eating animals. And then it started to make sense. I'm like we have to give all that water to the animals to drink. Oh, and they're eating plants and the plants need the water. Why don't we just eat the plants? wait, we can do this? You're like, (laughs) whoa, this is possible? (laughs) And so I came in from an environmental standpoint. I was not thinking about the animals so much at the time. My daughter was. And I asked her a couple more questions. And she said, well, I saw some videos. She wouldn't really give me the details. I was like, what are these videos? So I said, I'm going vegan. 
it, October 1st, but the night before I went and had sushi because to me, fish didn't have feelings. I was like, fish or sushi, we're good, you know, until I went snorkeling the next summer and I saw these fish having relationships in schools and, you know, I, we couldn't help but think of Nemo, right? <laughs> so all this to say the journey came in from the environment. Also, something in that film, I believe, was said, because I, I did watch What the Health right after as well. And I started to think about the impact, because I point this out, and I think it's both films, but certainly I remember this from What the Health, is the amount of toxicity going into the air near these slaughterhouses. And I thought to myself, no one on this planet, I mean, it's very rare that there's someone who's consuming animals in their flesh, right? Or secretions, that they are getting it from a small farm, every single drop. It's a very small percentage of people because people travel and they go to each other's homes. And they, even if they don't get on a plane and fly to another country, they are consuming products. I mean, honestly, that's like a majority of folks, right? So, you can't tell me. I have people who argue with me, but sustainable, humane, small farms, that's the only where I get. Okay. I saw you at a restaurant the other day. Are you telling me that restaurant is only serving humane, sustainable from some small farm? No, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put you to test on that. That is not happening. So I knew I wasn't walking my talk. And that's what I said. Nope. I got to go all in. I got to go all, all in and figure this out. And then I'm kind of giving you the full scoop. I went to a veg fest. I met some people and there was something about these vigils that were happening in downtown Los Angeles. And it intrigued me. The people I spoke to about that they were going to, in the middle of the night, it was like one or two in the morning and these trucks come in late at night and these people gathered and celebrities even. And I was like, what is this? So I went with a friend we drove together. I had no idea what to expect, except for I'd heard little bits and pieces about these baby pigs come, they're six to eight months, come on these trucks and they stick their little noses out and you can see their eyes. And then they go beyond the gates and become slaughtered and become bacon, ham, the things I was consuming still. And that was what really had me when I looked inside, into their eyes and into their souls. And thought, who am I to think I'm above this? That I, my selfish taste pleasures could kill another animal, could kill a being that has sentience and love and kindness and families and friends, that my selfish choice would be at the hands of people's social injustice and these animals, these sentient beings that wanted to live. So that was kind of how it happened for me. And then I dove in even deeper and really studied up on all, all the ins and outs. The vigil that you went to was at a slaughterhouse or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. A slaughterhouse. So it's very big. It's very large. It's near, right near downtown. And the group is the animal safe movement. Oh, safe, right. That's a great, movement. that's a great group. Yeah. And the Los Angeles Animal Save started by Sean Munson and Amy Jean Davis, Sean Munson of Earthlings, was the largest one around the world. And they started this years ago. And I was there pretty much, you know, right at the beginning and then just kept going. And yeah, the Veg Fest was powerful. I got to see so many people, so many of these 
people enjoying food. I got to taste food as well. And then hearing people speak. And then I was invited. So I stood up on stage. We were just about to ban plastic bags in California. And I was on that team. So my children danced with a group called Move the World Dance Activism out of Topanga Canyon, California. And that's how I learned about plastics. We all got educated about what was happening with plastics. And many people have seen the, the short YouTube video that has a plastic straw stuck in a turtle's mouth. And there's an activist who's, you know, or conservation of somebody who's there to save the turtles and pulls it out. It's very devastating, very sad. And so the kids danced for plastic pollution solutions and and awareness. My kids were part of this dance troupe and they would dance around for social causes. And that was one of them. So we were down at the La Brea Tar Pits. The children danced as part of this tar festival multiple years and at various stages and so forth. So I got very educated in that way. So when we got onto the initiative and we learned about the banning of plastic bags here in California, our team got busy. We'd stand out there with big signs and let people know because the vote was coming. And I was at this Veg Fest where I met Jane Velez Mitchell and I showed her the card and I said, can I get up here on stage? And she was already off stage. So I wiggled my way with John Sally, NFL uh, and NBA, NBA, yeah. NBA basketball player, former, and wiggled my way on stage. He says, what is this? Brings me up on stage and all these people. And I said, well, here we are. We get to vote for plastic pollution, you know, banning plastic bags. Vote, vote, get out there, vote it. Sorry. And they, and then that was really fun. And then a friend of mine introduced me to her again and said, would you like to do lunch break live? Would you like to be our guest chef for the day? Well, I don't know if I said this, but I wasn't much of a kitchen person. I wasn't much of a cook. I wasn't surprising. And I was just learning how to do all these things. So I'm like, sure, I can whip something up. And I was live. I did that. And then I was booked for a second one. And that's when I was in Jane's kitchen. And she said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I've given up my career as a fashion rep for a high fashion designer clothing. And I no longer want to do that because it doesn't align with my values personally, uh, encouraging people to buy more, buy more. I just couldn't align with that any longer. And she said, well, I'm looking for someone to help book uh, for the cooking show and for, you know, other interviews and so forth. That was five years ago. And wow. the rest is history with that. I've been with <laughs> the uh, Jane Unchained News Network, which is, that's what it's formally called. And we just recently launched Unchained TV, which is a streaming platform. It's a full-on network that can be available. It's, you know, for people to download on their, on their, from the app store, you know, on their phones, as as well as Roku, Fire Stick, uh, Amazon Fire Stick, Samsung TVs. You just go see if you can stream it. It's all free, free content. So that yeah. is wonderful. I mean, in the past, if you Googled vegan recipes, you'd have maybe three or four things. And now there's thousands, if not millions. And, yeah. you know, you guys are really partly responsible for that that explosion. So I, I was kind of surprised that you, you're not uh, well-versed in the kitchen because t- can you talk a little bit about what you're doing with Sherry and Plant-Based and the Burbs? It's such <laughs> a fun, uplifting show. 
Well, it's fun. Sherry and I have known each other. Uh, we used to both work at a women's gym and then she became my trainer. And then I went vegan and she went vegan very shortly after we kept talking about protein and vegan and this and that. And then finally we're like, we're funny together. We're kind of silly. Let's do this. And we decided to create plant-based in the burbs, which brings people into the kitchen, everyday people, moms, dads, you name it into the kitchen. And we show you how you can do it too. So essentially we're the girl next door, we're your neighbor. We're the mom at, you know, the soccer game. We're, we're both empty nesters now, but we, we've been down the block and fuddled our way through this and that and the other in the kitchen. And now we show people how to do it. We're, we, we're not experts. We're experts in our own lives in our own kitchen. And so are people out there listening. And so we show you how to swap it out, how to get more plants on your plate. So, you know, maybe you're not committed. They're going to go all into veganism. Sure, we want you to do that because we want to stop the exploitation of animals. Uh, we want to help with people's health and well-being because we found, you know, plants are health and wealth uh, for your body. And um, also we want to um, shift and climate heal. We want to heal our planet versus continuing the destruction of animal agriculture that what that causes on our environment. So um, including, including those small farms, you know, there's, there's a lot of controversy there, but you know, when you break it down to it, the animals want to live and it, who are we to continue when we don't have to do that any longer. Now there are nuanced situations, right. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm talking to those majority. We're talking about the majority of people who can make a shift and a change. It's time. It's time now. Do it for the planet. Do it for your own health and, and do it for our future and our children's future. We're going to leave this planet a mess if we don't get on this now, folks. Yes. So get educated, mm-hmm. get informed, learn for yourselves and do the responsible thing. We've already wrecked this planet so much. This is what we get to do is heal the planet. We get to be responsible and heal the planet. Do you think part of that is is encouraging people to grow their own food? Absolutely. For sure. Empowerment, sovereignty, knowing how there's tower gardens, there's things that people can do on in their apartments. There are there are so many options of things that are, are available. You just have to get resourceful. There's community gardens, people in, in neighborhoods. But you know, I'm not going to speak to each individual, but the person who lives where you live in your own shoes, in your own place, wherever you stay, whatever you do, get educated, get informed. There's so many initiatives now in it. And they're around the world. I happen to be in the Clubhouse app app which is an audio app. And I'm meeting people from around the world that are creating initiatives and projects to help people do this. To, it's so called a club, can, the Clubhouse app? It is. Yeah. And, and what exactly is that? I've not it's, heard of it. Well, basically think of it like um, 24 hours of podcasts, but live. And you can actually uh, engage. So it's like a radio show, it's audio only. And the clubhouse is the main hub, like a conference room. And then there's clubs. And within clubs, there's 24 hours of content potentiality. So any hour that you want to drop into a clubhouse, there's things that are scheduled or you can drop in anytime. And so I'm in there three times of, of, I have a commitment three times in three separate clubs during the week. And there's people who are having conversations right now all over the world on different topics. So you curate it to what your interest level is, just like you would like your podcast list. You know, you curate what you want to learn from. So I have things from at night, I listen to this pianist. It's beautiful music. And sometimes he'll put in a beautiful flute. So that's one thing that I get from value from being in the clubhouse. And then 
we've connected a thousands of vegans around the world. Um, I've been involved now for about nine months and we somehow found a lot of folks who are wanting vegan content. And then there's also a lot of people who want help, how to go, how to get plants on their plate and go plant-based and how to eventually go vegan. Yesterday I was on a clubhouse and there were two people who said, three, who said, I've been engaging in these conversations here on clubhouse. I'm vegan. I've been a week and a half or two months. Mm -hmm. And so we're getting this real time conversation with people where we can support them and how to do it. And that's the same for our show, our plant-based in the burbs. The intention is that people watch us, they get motivated, they get inspired, they learn how to switch out, you know, how to make something that tastes like tuna, but it's not the fish, how, you know, with garbanzo beans and some seaweed and some seasonings, you know, or like yesterday we had when we did our show recently. So I, I'm really into making some sushi rolls, but making that, that filling out of nuts and seeds putting them into a blender, you know, a mix, and then making a mix from it. Uh, I make my own uh, creamy cheese, like a cheesy sauce from cashews. You know, there's people make cheese out of potatoes and carrots. So you no longer need to steal the milk of the mothers who are mothers. That's what I also, I never thought about. I thought there were Jersey cows who were delivering the milk to my front steps, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Like literally, I did not realize these are mother cows that no longer get to nurse their babies. So one of the things that I really um, admire you for as hosting these clubhouses, I've been part of a few of them, is your inclusivity and also your gentleness. It's not like, you know, you're sitting there in judgment of people. You're, so I really like the format of Clubhouse because it it has the expert panels and then it has people who are veg curious and then it has some newbies. And you really are really good at facilitating those conversations. Is that something that you've done in the past um, and you apply here? Or is it something that you've just kind of learned along the way because you're so passionate about the topic? Well, I will say that I went to college for communications. <laughs> there we go. Then, then we start, my husband and I, uh, he was my boyfriend at the time, wasn't he my boyfriend at the time when he started Good News Network. And what that was, was a group of people who were committed to highlighting individuals and organizations who were making an impact. This is before Oprah was on the air. And we would go around uh, and we actually pitched it to multiple um, networks and they kind of laughed at us. This is not going to sell, but think how, how much has happened in the past 30 years, right? Here we were. I went on camera and I froze. I completely froze. <laughs> I could not do the interview. It was with these gibbons that were rescued. And I was trying to, and I really was so subdued. So I've grown into not caring um, so much in being about the message. So I will, I really want to thank Jane Velez Mitchell. The past five years, I consider myself, she's an award winning, an Emmy award winning uh, journalist and um, a New York Times double over best time author seller. So I have taken a lot of coaching from her. I've been in the room with her when she's, uh, you know, interviewed the top plant-based, you know, vegan experts and celebrities and I heard her interview people. So I feel like I have learned to find my own voice and I've been influenced by Jane. So um, I'm really grateful to her 
for giving me the opportunities that I've been able to be given to be behind the camera, in front of the camera, to be her support person right next to her when she's been doing interviews and holding the camera for her. And then when I found Clubhouse, uh, I was invited in. I did not want another project. I did not want another social media. I was like, oh my gosh. But little by little, I've been practicing speaking for myself in my own voice. And I do believe after nine months, I found my voice. It's truly, it was always in there, but I didn't know how to formulate saying these things without coming across as making people feel guilty. Or now I just own it. I really believe these things. I really believe it's very sad that the mother cows don't get to nurse. I got to nurse my babies for a year with my son and two and a half with my daughter, that special bond. So being when I'm around cows now, and I've seen this, or I've seen videos, right? Or I've seen cows on sanctuaries and the way they are bonded to their babies. I just think, I want to get this message out to people as best I can and just let people know I didn't know. And until you don't know, and once you know, then if you're choosing, I invite you to check your integrity because I believe (laughs) people really do want to be compassionate to others. I really believe that. I am, call me Pollyanna, but I do look for the best in everybody. That is, it gives me pleasure to do that. It's just the way I live life. I'd rather be mm-hmm. somebody who's looking for kindness in others than looking for the dark side. So I think people are, they have a hard time making the changes, you know? So I do my best to provide solutions for people to make those changes. That's why plant-based and the birds started. We're like, let's do this. Let's just show people how to do this. And then of course, being in the clubhouse, you know, there's people who are like literally trying to figure it out. And I love those people. Those are my kind of people that are trying to figure it out because <laughs> it's just, you You have a little stop. So let's see, let's see what else you could get on your plate. What's going on, you know? Well, Pollyanna, Pollyanna has a place in the world these days. That's for sure. We, we need that positive influence. And, and, you know, that saying about, oh, she's a natural, you are just a total natural in this whole, in this whole realm. I just want to address one thing when you talked about the pigs and the vigil it's not only been like this journey to assist your daughter in her journey and also the environment, but it's also sounds like a spiritual aspect of your life where you were looking and you saw the soul of this animal. Can you speak a little bit to that, to that, you know, connection? Cause some people just still, they know the story, but they just don't make the change. I never really put it into terms that it was a spiritual experience, but it really was looking at those baby pigs and them looking back at me. And I, I felt like I saw their souls and I felt their energy. And I kept comparing their eyes to human eyes. And my, my daughter said, no, mom, they're pigs eyes. I didn't get that term speciesism, but I was able to relate to them that somehow that made me feel that they had meaning rather than they just have the right to live. And like, I needed to work through that process of, I always saw, I didn't even see pepperoni as an animal, right? And I think that's the key. I didn't see that eggs were coming from chickens. I didn't, it was, they were eggs. It was food. It wasn't that there was a lot that happened prior to. And I think 
one of the things that farmers say now is people are so disconnected from where the food comes from. And so circling back to what you said, Judy, about um, having, you know, empowering people to, to get out there and create their own food, their own fruits and vegetables, I think is key. We need that going forward. We're so far removed. Um, you know, we, we're so far removed now, we actually have things delivered to our door. We're not even going and smelling and tasting and, you know, but going to farmers market CSAs, yes, know and know who is your farmer, where those seeds are coming from, support local. So we're not spending the fossil fuel money to truck in things, you know, do get it without the plastics wrapped around it. Do get it in season. Don't demand something out of season because this is what I want right now. Stop, you know, eat in season in your region as best you are able. I'm speaking to the people who have the the privilege of being able to do that. You know, I'm not speaking to folks who that's all they can get at the local corner store is canned whatever or whatever they're serving. So that's that's not who we're speaking to right now. So I hope that answers your question. (laughs) Yes. For sure. I wanted to ask you, you probably know the answer since you're very much into organic food and non-GMO food. I I recently found out that organic doesn't necessarily mean it's not been genetically modified. At least that's what I read. Is that true? That's true. And all this time, I thought it meant that it wasn't genetically modified. So there's a lot that's happened over the past 10 years. And there's a lot that is being slid through. So it's very important. Do your homework, get educated, get informed, do your homework, find out, find out, find out if it's certified. Uh, You know, the other thing that's just a whole nother level is that our fruits and vegetables are being grown in manure of animals from slaughterhouses even. So there's that piece too. So veganic organic soil is very essential and it's not widely available. So, but that is definitely something of the future because there's a lot of people on their sanctuaries that are turning that manure that's a vegan manure, you know, into composting opportunities and soil opportunities for people around the world. So that's what's coming. But we're fighting a big ag. We're fighting a big corporate entity with so many layers of you know, people that are in bed together and it's systems that are broken. They're broken systems. I mean, the food deserts and the nutrition deserts that are happening around the world, some of them set up intentionally is disgusting. There's a film called They're Trying to Kill Us. Very important film. Um, The Need to Grow important film. I believe though, they do support um, the breed defeat system still though of animals. So um, forgive me if I got that wrong, but I do believe it. And um, so there's, you know, like the big little farm, I think is one of them that people are very passionate about as well as kiss the ground, but those films still support the breed defeat. We don't need to breed any more animals into existence any longer. We don't need to keep that system going. We need to focus on plants get plant food happening, figure out how to get more grains, seeds, nuts, legumes, you know, lentils, uh, fruits and vegetables, and stop demanding that we get all these massive varieties of 
product when it's not in season, because that's also part of our issues. Uh, and food waste, if I might just throw that one in too. Of course. You know, we in California are no longer, and I know there's other places, there's place in Canada and New York, where you're no longer allowed to put any food scraps into your trash can. It's still happening though, but you there's certain, like in with the other trash because of the methane issue, which is very important. So learning how to compost or bringing your scraps to somewhere that can compost. Here in California, you can put them into the green bin. You can put your food scraps into the green bin. So, you know, find out what that takes. Get Make that little extra effort to save those food scraps, you know, your fruits and vegetables, your nuts and grains, and take them to someplace that can compost them. And I think we're going to see more and more initiatives like that where people can bring things, you know, to localized areas like grocery stores and things like that. I love that. That is that is fantastic. I wish we had that here. <laughs> Compo- compost is a no, very, very important uh, aspect of the whole system. It is it's yeah. essential. And, you know, I, I my sweetheart is a vegan chef and uh, I like to say that I'm the luckiest vegan on the planet and our compost is the luckiest vegan pile because we all, <laughs> you know, we have organic veggie scraps all the time and it just makes this beautiful, beautiful foundation for the garden. Um, As we get to wrap up, I was just wondering if you could just speak to one of the challenges of being uh, the vegan activist that you are and one of the joys. Wow. Okay. Probably the biggest challenge is I just want people to get the info as soon as possible to make the change. Um, I have friends around me who are sick, uh, who have cancer, I have friends around me who are struggling with mental, emotional challenges. Um, I feel like I've not had a dark day. So this is the happy side since going vegan. I'm not ingesting dead animals who want to live and their cortisol and their adrenaline and all that that entails. I'm not a biologist, but it's real. So, Mm -hmm. and that includes the egg laying hens that don't want to be forced to, to produce more eggs than their bodies are designed to their periods. So the happy thing about it is I feel like I've now centered myself, uh, I'm more centered. That's what I mean. And balanced in my life. I feel the food that I'm making is nutritious and delicious for those around me, my family and friends. Um, and I have fun exploring new dishes to make on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Um, I was never, I never considered myself any kind of a chef. And now I definitely feel like I can, I can pull it off in the kitchen. You now. can throw it down for sure. <laughs> I, can throw it down. I can make some decent meals. I'm pretty proud about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the people that I've met are just so beautiful and conscious, you know, conscious and committed to consciousness, committed for the healing of our planet. Yeah. The, the individual healing as well and the connectedness. So I can see a tagline for you is uh, page, the, the, the page who's helping turn the page. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, I like that a lot. Turn the, turn as, the page. As always, you're, uh, you're just uh, such a gift to this movement. And uh, we just wish you the best on continuing with your enthusiasm, with your talents, your skills. And, you know, the other thing I really uh, appreciate about you is when you're doing uh, plant-based in the burbs and you're showing people, look at this cucumber, 
It's like, I get like that. And so there are other people out there like me that goes crazy about vegetables as Judy does too. And we're so, we are so honored to have you here. Yes. I, I really appreciate your inspiring demeanor and I, and, and you're also witty and funny. <laughs> Thank you so much for all of your using all of your talents to help animals. Well, that's what we all get to do. We all have individual talents. And when you find them, and I will say one more thing, I prayed hard that I would figure this out because I didn't know when I left my other career, I prayed and said, please use me in the best way possible. And I knew I wanted it to be something in the animal rights community. So this didn't just fall. I was very intentional. And then, so answer the call, make that commitment, take that step, go to that engagement where you maybe, you know, get on that Zoom with somebody because it may lead you to the next. Just trust, trust your instincts, trust yourself and take those actions forward. So, so well, your prayers were answered. That's for my sure. prayers were answered. <laughs> and it's not without challenge, for sure. I have lots of challenges, but we're doing it. And it's so exciting to get more content out to people free, which makes me very happy. So, well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you both. And thank you, listeners. Whoever's listening, we appreciate you because your time is valuable. And thank you for being willing to listen. So. Peace and plants, y'all. You've been listening to a KPOV Critical Conversation. To hear more engaging interviews on important topics, please visit kpov.org slash critical conversations.